This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks so much for being here today. Today, my guest is Noelle Gatz. She's a mom of three, a former actress, and now designer. She has a business called Beam and Bloom, and she's also been a co-host on the HGTV show, Inspector Joe and What's Wrong With This House. Her motto for her business, Beam and Bloom, is character-driven design with a holistic twist, and she lives by the heart home and harmony motto, which she will tell you about in this episode. So I get a little bit into the nitty gritty of how to decorate and design your home space in this episode. I always have lots of questions. It is not my gift to decorate and design. I like to have a cozy, well-designed home, well-decorated home, but I am not the most gifted person in that part of my life. So she's going to give us all some great tips on how to find our style and cozy up our spaces. Hey, I want to invite you down to Jacksonville, Florida with me this February. So Sunday, February 4th is the Donna Marathon weekend, and they have a half marathon and a marathon. And this is the National Marathon to Finish Breast Cancer. They support families walking through a diagnosis as well as groundbreaking research. I go to this race every single year, and it is on the beautiful beaches of Jacksonville, Florida. It is truly an amazing weekend. I'm going to be there. I'm actually going to be at the Olympic Trials Marathon in Orlando, and then I'm going to drive over to Jacksonville and run the half on Sunday morning. That's Sunday, February 4th. If you are new-ish to running, uh, this is a great half marathon if you want to set that goal to join. It is casual. It's not super crazy competitive, full of fun, love, and hope. Go to breastcancermarathon.com. Use the code Lindsay10 for 10% off your order. Seriously, it's the best weekend. I can't wait. All right, friends. Please enjoy my conversation with the wonderful Noelle Getz. All right, friends, today on the podcast, we have Noelle Gatz on the show. Welcome to the show, Noelle. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Hey, look, our backgrounds are both super green. Are you into this like <laughs> green flourishing? Like, I just feel like it makes me feel yes. alive. You know, it's called biophilic design now. It's actually really um, in. It's on trend. I mean, I'm not a trend follower, but it's definitely something people are leaning into and aware of now, which is bringing the outdoors in, really having a lot of plant life. So it's very, it's very good. It's a, it's a good sign. I think it shows that you have a connection to nature and, 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 and want to have that well-rounded life experience. It's beautiful. Um, okay. So I am definitely not a home designer and I need help, but let's introduce uh, you. Uh, right. Mom of three. Yes. Retired Three. actor, but not actress, but not really, because you're still yeah. on TV doing HGTV stuff. I would say ex-actress. Okay, uh, ex But actress. still definitely using the performing qualities, I would say. Okay, <laughs> let's just start there. I yeah. want to hear about, like, those performing qualities when you're on, like, a reality show where you're just being you, but you yeah. know you can't come in and be like, I'm just tired today. Right. So gonna, you know. A thousand percent. I'm sure as you know as well, running this podcast and the other podcasts and being an athlete and having to lift yourself up and do things when you don't really want to. Um, A lot of it just comes from 
yeah, the experience of improv, right? Improvisation, like being ready, being a good listener, being really aware and ready to react to things. Um, and just knowing and trusting yourself. I think that you're going to get there and you're going to get in the spirit if you have to. But yeah, one of the things we love about our show is that it's truly authentic. So, so we do, we do approach things from a really authentic place. Sometimes you have to redo the scene because you have to get it from the back, but it's like, I'd say it's more reenactments than it is. It's very, still very real, but definitely the theater training comes into play. It's the energy, like you said, you know, being ready to turn it on, being ready to listen, being a good listener, being a good reactor. So all that stuff. Oh, for For sure. sure. I know. I keep talking about it on this podcast. I swear I won't continue, but I just did this like race announcing job this weekend and I woke up and I was so tired in the morning and I was like, how am I going to stand at this microphone and be excited all day when I feel so tired and run down right now? But something about the energy and the environment, it does change my attitude and my energy levels. And for sure. And you trusted yourself. You know you have the knowledge to talk about what you got to talk about. You know you've got the enthusiasm, right? I mean, for me too, it's like, I love what I do. I do it every day. I, you know, sometimes I do it on TV and sometimes I do it in real life. I have enthusiasm for it that kind of ebbs and flows, but just trusting that, knowing that like when I show up, I'm going to be into it because this is what I love to do. So I'm going to find that, that spark. It can be tricky though. I will say when you have like, um, shall I call them scene partners, but people, you know, like clients or people Uh involved who are a little low energy. Oh yes. I've had a couple of the, um, like the trades people, like the contractors. I'm like, Trying to bring them up a little come bit. On, like, let's get this excited. Aren't you excited? And so I think I come across as this like sometimes really overly enthusiastic person, but that that is me. I mean, that is who I am. So I might as well embrace it, right? Oh, yes. On a much smaller scale. It's like when you hop on the podcast and you're like two minutes in, you're like, wow, this is going to be tough. There's oh. not a lot of energy on the other end of this conversation. Yeah. When you know you really have to pull it, it's like fishing for comments. Like, how am I going to fill this hour? Yeah. Um, so yeah. And honestly, as a podcast guest before, like if I've been like in a really off season of my life, I have rescheduled because I'm like, you don't want me right now. You don't, <laughs> like, I am useless to you right now. You do not want this Lindsay on your well, podcast. Actually, you know, as we rescheduled because I had bronchitis, so I've had this. So speaking of parenting and not that we are, yes. but like knowing that we are in a space where we're supposed to be talking about parenting a little bit. Um, we have had this random, like virus running through our family that has probably been the longest weirdest virus we've ever had and it's like upper respiratory and so you know one of us had COVID but the other ones didn't so like just this weird long-ranging thing and I also had to cancel our last meeting because I was like I will just cough through this it will not be cute and even still I thought it would be for sure 100% today and I'm like what is this insane virus that my children are sharing with me we have been I in know. and out of school. It's like, it's very hard to be a professional person and like live your life and do these things you love and get sick with your kids every time and then have to be home with your kids. You know, it's just been oh. a long, drawn out process here. I know. And I hate being like the paranoid person about not getting like the kids not getting sick and sharing germs. Like if someone's sick in the neighborhood and like their sibling comes over to play, I'm like, well, I don't know about know. that because... There's six of us. Like, this will take two full weeks, yeah. if not more, to run through my family. Absolutely. <laughs> like, You've got to this care is a, long, a little bit. Long like, game you want to be here. paranoid, but you also just want to live your like, life, you know? Do I want to deal with this? I don't think so. <laughs> 
Um, Yeah, for sure. I'm getting over something as well. And knocking on wood that nobody else catches it because um, we're going out of town next week. Like, we're going to Florida for the week. We're going to the Michigan game this weekend. And I'm like, so you guys are a sport family. You're an athletic family. That's very cool. So, we are not. So, this is a very (laughs) nice meeting of the minds here. We're a very creative centric family. We do enjoy sport. You know, we enjoy watching some sports and stuff, but we're not great athletes. Well, so my husband exciting. and I have been runners forever, but the boys, we have all boys. They just love watching football and basketball. And so we're just, we're going to a, f- a college football game. That's a, the Fun. big thing. I can't trying. tell. I mean, it's Michigan. I I don't know. My husband's an Ohio State person, so. Sorry. Well, so we're from Indiana and we live in Raleigh now. Okay. And um, even though we went to IU, my husband has always been a Michigan football fan. So yeah. It's just yeah. like got staying power. Not yes. here. I know. I know the rivalry. They hate Ohio it's bad. State. They it's hate bad. Ohio State. Yep. Yeah. Um. So anyway, <laughs> let's talk about how you even got into the HGTV thing, Inspector Joe. What's wrong with this house? Yeah. I know it didn't fall into your lap. I know that you have a knack for this, but tell me, tell me how. In a way, I mean, in a, in a way, it did. It's a lot about taking opportunity when opportunity comes knocking, That's it. right? I mean. That's it. And everything and doing something you're scared to do or just just stretching out. So because of the way it started with the show was called Home Inspector Joe. They were really focusing on my partner, um, Joe Mazza, who's home inspector, trying to give a perspective on HGTV about, you know, what to look for in a house when you're buying a house, like how to how to know whether there's problems, how to know what to fix, when to fix it. So we were inspecting homes. People were picking between two homes and, um, and then we were I was renovating and designing it. Um, and that it fell into my lap, really. It was a local person, so they needed somebody locally. So it's basically um, an application kind of process, like uh, which I just decided to go for. Actually, one of my assistants' sister-in-law or something saw it on some, you know, saw this ad on some site and just said, "Your boss should try out for this." And so I just did, and I submitted all my materials, and I was just ready to go for it. Um, and I was in a fortunate position to have a little flexibility with my business, which was a fairly small studio business. And I had to let some work go to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was doing work and I was getting sort of getting paid. <laughs> For the That's Beam and Bloom? Thing. Your Beam and yeah, Bloom Yeah, so business? Beam and Bloom is my studio, which is an interior design studio. And it's Just follow them on Instagram. Thank you so much. And I'm going to follow all of your things, which I already follow most of them. But you have so many <laughs> things going on. It's very hard to know what to follow. <laughs> there are you lots lot. of things. I really only control Lindsay Hine, though. Emma, okay. my assistant, runs all the other things. But well, you guys are a powerhouse. And I also am, you know, building a team. This is so important, right? And so great. But yeah, so the, the TV opportunity fell into our lap, fell into my lap. Um, it, it was really quick in the beginning. And then they wanted to revamp the show. They, like, did a focus group. I think that people wanted more design. And so they were sort of, like, trying to balance all that out. So we revamped the show. And it just aired recently, and it was really great. I was really proud of what we did. Um, mm. You know, HGTV is full of a lot of different things, and they're going in a lot of different directions. And TV and the TV world in general has been so crazy and spun upside down because of the strikes and, and scripted television and everything else that's going on. But it certainly has been an awesome experience, and what I think we brought to it was a lot of authenticity in a mm. world that's not so authentic all the time anymore. Like, we really, yeah. we really leaned into, like, we want to keep this as real as possible. We mm. we don't want to just fabricate and make people think that, you know, anything, I don't know, you know, like you can do everything for $12. Or we also, you know, one of the focuses of the show was really being, teaching people about their homes and like what to look for. So 
it was great. And my partnership with Joe was great. We became really close and good friends and, and worked really well together. But yeah, ultimately, the entire experience uh, was an opportunity that I just took. And it wasn't like they sought me out. You know what I mean? It's not like they knew you a beam applied. and blue. I applied. And it was a great fit. And um, I've, I've really enjoyed it since then. And I love to talk. And obviously, the theater background helps a lot. I can communicate and I can um, share my ideas. And I have a lot of creativity. So it's been a really good yeah. fit. Yeah. I mean, this is this is such a cool thing to share with everybody, though, because you saw the opportunity and you did apply. Like, you could yeah. have just been like, oh, beam and bloom. Like, I'm still getting it started. Yeah, I'm not ready. Yeah, like, why would they choose me? Yeah. But you did. Yeah. You tried anyway. And I, just obviously, it. it worked out well. And they chose you for all the right reasons. But I think yeah. we get scared to put our hat in the, our name in the hat or hat yeah. in the ring. How do you say that? Hat I don't know. Ring? I'm like you. I like to mix up different uh-huh. phrases and I put them together, together in a way that makes sense to only me. You're um, like, why me though? But you, if you don't try, you don't know. And maybe some people, they get all these offers and requests, but we don't all get that. And if we don't put ourselves out there, it's not going to just like appear. And I will say it's very interesting because I have, as much as I have an outgoing personality, I really love to share. I struggle a little bit with ego, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I, I am confident. I'm a self-confident person. I, um, but I seek I seek balance so much in my life that I struggle a little bit with like that concept of myself as a very important person or Mm. um, a very worthy person or, you know, trying to seek a lot of attention. It's not really something I actually do. Mm. Um, So it it, it can be harder for people like us who just want to kind of authentically live our lives and to, to really take those risks and believe in ourselves to do something maybe a little greater than we thought we could do. Um, but I'm really glad I did. And I think I'm learning, you know, a lot about how to value myself, you know, as Mm. more than just this balanced mother, this balanced, you know, owner of a business, but like I can be something even more. I can push, I can, you know, I I have every right and, and deserve and also can achieve a higher level of something, um, and still keep my ego in check and have that, you know, that authenticity and that I, I hope you know humility to a degree totally I think that's a lot of things a lot of times people struggle with that too like once they start getting a bunch of gigs and things like that they start they kind of lose themselves a little bit in the fame of it all mm. I was just talking about this with Taylor Swift about Taylor Swift the other day and then I was thinking man you have to be really narcissistic to like be on stage like every day and like you know and I'm not saying Taylor Swift is but I'm just thinking I've just read the Britney book, Britney Spears. I'm just thinking like all that goes into that and being the person that people's eyes are constantly on Mm -hmm. be really hard. It's not for everyone. And I think, I think that, I think you either have to, yeah, be either maybe narcissistic comes into place, but, but also just take it not too seriously. Maybe like know that you're doing great things and really believe in yourself, but also just understand this is all fleeting. Like this is, it is what it is, but you do have to, you definitely have to have a lot of self-confidence. I mean, and, and, and it's tricky for someone like me again, who really tends to want to uplift other people and share Mm. and like to find that I also am deserving of that attention or that, you know, those accolades. It's like, doesn't mean that, you know, I'm better than anyone else. It's just enjoy and appreciate that and be there, you know? I've been thinking about that a lot lately and thinking about like the concept of um, 
you know, not wanting to be like the Lindsay show or whatever, like (laughs) attention, everything. And I think that, and I've been thinking like, how, how do I make sure that like, I don't make all of this all about me because I don't want it to be just like you're saying, like I, I want the, the gigs and I want to do the things because I love it. And yes, I'm deserving. Just like you said. And also like, I want to make sure I'm bringing other people up with me, you know, it's clear though that that's your mission. So the mission is, and this is actually something I think we have in common from what I've understand about you is that the the mission is to find connection and to share connection. So that you're creating something for your audience where they feel seen, they feel heard, they feel like they can be uplifted or they can be inspired. Um, And if you know that you have a talent for that, for bringing people together and for bringing out these, these points and these conversations, like that's a great thing. It's, it's, it's good to evaluate yourself and to know that you are good at that and you are someone who can bring those people Mm. together and who has a point of view that and a perspective that can help a lot of people or can entertain a lot of people. That's great. Oh, I love that. Got myself a little motivation here today. Yes, girl, I need it too. So this is good. We're, We're patting each other on the back. All right, everybody. Hey, if you're looking for the best sleep of your life, look no further than Lagoon. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash Lindsay. Take a two-minute sleep quiz, and you'll be matched up with the pillow of your dreams. I have the otter. My husband has the fox, and these are the most amazing pillows ever. Lagoonsleep.com slash Lindsay. Code Lindsay for 15% off your order. All right, back to the show. Okay, I think you're the perfect person to have this discussion. <laughs> we, so we moved from Indianapolis to Raleigh two, mm. two and a half years ago. And the house that we bought, we bought it in this neighborhood that's like, you know, 1950s, 60s neighborhood. Okay. Lots of houses are being torn down. They're mm. building massive houses on. Some houses have been renovated. Some houses are still the originals. Mm. Usually if an original is getting bought right now, if it hasn't been touched yet, like it's getting demolished. But... Our house is an original that has an addition put onto it. So it's like a rehabbed original. Hybrid. (laughs) Yeah, it's a hybrid. And it's um, when we did the um, inspection, Mm -hmm. and this is, this is, uh, makes sense because of the shows you've been on. Uh, My dad's a, um, he owned a roofing business his entire life and he built three of the houses we lived in. Like, I'm amazing. That's his, that was his thing. He's retired now. But, I, of course, you send your dad the inspection. You do that yeah. anyway, right? But when your dad's in construction, of course Especially, you send it to Especially, of course. And he's like, no way in hell would I buy that house. Really? He's like, that house is cobbled together. It's got this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. Oh, no. And um, at the time, the Raleigh market was just going crazy. Like, you could yeah. not find a house. And we loved this neighborhood so much. Mm-hmm. So I went against my very wise with real, real estate and construction dad and we bought it anyway okay and um and there's issues here and there and we are obsessed with the neighborhood like so obsessed with the neighborhood yep i would say i understand what your dad was saying but i also think that only you know those things about your neighborhood and about the value that it will provide you and if you can save some money and fix the problems that are problems and if you're not so um I would I don't know want to say snobby but like about the authenticity of the original architecture 
you can control that they did an addition and it doesn't look right or it wasn't done yeah. perfectly. But you um, you can upkeep the property. You can make sure it's safe. You can slowly improve upon it. And you cannot change the neighborhood. I'm a thousand percent with you on that. I think um, it depends on how, you know, how important it is to you that your home, again, be an authentic representation of whatever the architectural era was or how into design you, you feel like you must be. Um, I think that you can absolutely make a house a home in other ways and that the neighborhood is so important, right? And yeah, the livability, like how many rooms do you have and is it functioning and does it have what you need as a family, you know? Totally. He kept sending me listings that were like 15 minutes north, but like I was like, that's not where we want to be. It would change your whole lifestyle. It's, it would it's change important. your whole lifestyle. We walk to school. Yes. You know? We're a mile from Target. All the things. like Yes. Me too. It's it's important. It's important to have a lifestyle. And and that is, it's so funny because when I talk about moving, so right now we live in a fairly um, a modest size home. It's like 1,600 square feet. I live in New Jersey, in the suburbs of New Jersey. So oh, it's yeah. like a, a congested area. Yeah, it's expensive. We, but we love it. Too. We yeah. love it here. Um, and we lucked out. I mean, we like won the neighborhood lottery. Our neighbors are incredible mm. people. We're friends. Same. It's like a little 1950s neighborhood. You gather outside and it's just phenomenal. Okay. We mm. walk to school. We have a really diverse community, which I love. Um, so I was joking about it. I was like, you know, even Derek, my husband was joking that, you know, these realtors sometimes reach out to you for flipping properties oh, and they yeah. offer to buy your house in this market. And he's like, well, yeah, if you give me, you know, a million dollars, you can buy my house. Uh-huh. I'm like, nope. I'm like, nope. what could we buy for a million dollars? Nothing. Right. We not get this neighborhood again. I'm like, and yes, it's way over value. But I said, maybe five million bucks, we'll talk. Yep. Yep. You know, <laughs> then I can buy it. Maybe. But even then I would be, I had a nightmare actually the other day that we sold our house by accident. Like literally had a nightmare about it <laughs> because I love my neighborhood and I love mm-hmm. my little house. It, it was affordable enough for us to fix up and make it sort of what we wanted it to be. So... For me, in the way I like to live, again, seeking balance all the time, I would rather make something cozier, smaller, in the perfect neighborhood, just what I want it to be and make it work really well for me, than to constantly seek something bigger, better, mm. grander, you know, whatever. For me, this was the right fit. So I it know. sounds like you made a good choice. Yeah. I'm sure dad is not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> He's not I'm wrong. Not saying that. I mean, there's um, like... Every, every, like, so often, Glenn and I look at each other and we, we say the guy's name that we bought the house from and we're like, ugh, of course he skipped on this. Yes. Like, yeah, like, ah, oh, why couldn't he have just done this right? You know, like. Yes, exactly. Just, but it is the neighborhood. It is, it's funny, our house isn't that small, but it's only three bedrooms and we have four kids. Mm-hmm. So that is a little How are you working tight. with that? Because we had the same thing and we have a small house. And yeah. our, we gave the biggest room to the boys because we have two boys and a girl. Okay. So we gave the primary bedroom to the boys. And they're fine. But I feel bad. You know, I feel a little bad. My oldest is, is six years older than the, the next one. So Yeah, that's a big age gap to yeah. be together. Yeah. And, but what we did was we finished the basement and he hung out down there and he would just sleep in his room. So he had sort of his own mm. place to hang his out. hangouts down there. How old are your kids? Oh, now I have one adult. He's 18. He's almost 19. You do. He just went oh, to wow. college. It's crazy. Okay. I thought I was very young when I had him, but I was really average. I was like, just turned 26. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's young. And then I have a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old. Okay. And so, so I have you... two boys and then a little girl. Okay. So your girl and your, your youngers are close together. Yes. And they are very close. Yeah. Ours are 5, 7, 9, and 11. Very they're all close. boys, though. Yeah. They're all close. Six, six and a... 
all within six years. My oldest had just turned six when I had my last. So it was incredible. I Good for back, you. I just like, I'm like, what? How did I what do that? What did I do? I How did I do that? I don't know. Um, but they all share a room. Know. They all, we have two bunk beds. They all share a room. Um, That's great. My, my oldest is 11 now. And I'm like, I don't know. Like I, he still wants to sleep in the same room as them. He doesn't want to sleep alone. And He's I also fine. feel like it kind of controls things a little bit more as far as like yeah. what they do in their rooms. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. We'll just keep what it like this as long into. as we can. Yeah, yeah, I think as long as they have somewhere they can, you know, feel like they have moments of escape and they have some privacy, which absolutely is important. Um, you know, again, in a dream world, you know, you'd have certain things, but I also think it's very character building to have to share and to and and not, again, I really like the coziness of living in a home where we're, we see each other a lot, we're yeah. kind of around each other a lot. So, I, I will say this though, the oldest one just went to college, and it definitely feels. Like a more appropriate house for four people oh, than it I does bet. for five. Oh, I bet. So we're feeling a little bit of that. We miss them terribly, and we're always joking with them. We're like, we miss you, but man, this house is really just a lot There's more a lot comfortable more with you. Well, that's the one thing I think about when they're all full sized, like full sized boy. Like my yeah. size are bigger. I'm like, that's it's gonna feel a lot more tight. <laughs> It'll be different. I mean, my boys are big too. So like my my oldest is six feet tall, and then yeah, um, not that that's huge, but and then my. My middle one's slated to be, you know, like six three or something. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but it's definitely it's it's cozy and we we have a good life here. And there's a lot of outdoor things to do. You know, we have a park down the street. We also have walkability to the schools. So there's a lot of great things about it for sure. Yeah, I um I know. I try not to get house envy when these like I mean these houses <laughs> that are going up though, they're like three million dollar houses. They're very expensive. And I'm like, no, you have yeah. a nice, cozy house. Yeah. that you can make your own. I was sitting on our back porch the other day, like drooling over my neighbor's new back porch. And I'm like, no, this back porch is great. You love yes. your back porch. And it's over not time, fancy, but, if it's something yeah. you want to invest in, that's, you know, you'll have the property, right? So it sounds like you guys have a decent amount of property too. We do. We have a huge backyard. It's massive actually. That's one of the reasons I'm like, we are like, yeah. we probably have one of the best lots in our neighborhood. Not yeah. one of the best houses, but one of the best lots. Right. And you can eventually over time fix up the house. I mean, you can get things done. You can save up and then do a real structural renovation one day, you know? Yeah. Um, it may be worth it to you if you have a great neighborhood and a, a great plot and, and all those things. And that's, it's probably in many ways more affordable than moving depending oh, on where sure. you would move. And then you for just sure. get, you know, your, your legacy property. That's pretty amazing. Mm. So let's talk about this. Let's talk yeah. about cozying up what we do have instead of thinking, oh, we got to re rewrite the whole thing. We got to move. We got to put this massive addition on. Like, right. what are ways we can make what we have cozy right now? I think one of the best things you can do is sort of make a list of pain points. What are the things that are actually bothering you, you know, about something? More often than not, I have found that if people edit, if mm. they go in and remove some of the excess, um, that they can make themselves a lot more comfortable and then they can maybe spend a little more money or a little more time on certain areas. I like to call those areas sanctuary spaces. Like always create a sanctuary space in your house if you can, in your apartment, whatever. Even if you're renting, um, you can create those those environments, those moments, a, a reading nook or make sure your bedroom is really just brought together the best way that you can do it. Um, I think it's it's focusing on that, like how you live your life. What can you edit? And what are the, the pain points that you can maybe get rid of um, in other ways rather than just upscaling or spending more money or mm -hmm. renovating? Um, how can I maybe get organized or 
reduce all this excess that I have and, and just make it more comfortable and more functional. Um, and yeah, invest. I mean, we invest so much in other things. Like sometimes it's great to just think about how much money am I spending, you know, going out to eat. Maybe for a month I go out to eat a couple of times less and then I can wallpaper this wall in my in my bedroom that I've always wanted or I can buy that new comforter I've always wanted. Um, I know it's tricky. I know it's hard to like budget for that stuff, but people underestimate, I think, their home environment and how mm-hmm. how much it impacts everything else. And it doesn't have to be perfect, but, you know, you can certainly make improvements and you've got to create an environment that helps you succeed. Yeah. If my my, if my house is tidy, I feel much better. The, oh, yeah. The two rooms that have to be tidy for me, my bedroom and the kitchen. Like, if those two rooms are yes. tidy, I can... I can function, but if those two rooms aren't tidy, I feel completely out of control. Yes, I, I feel similarly. Our bedroom is so tiny, though. I'll tell you that, like, there's almost nothing I can do. I can't even contain all my clothing. Like, no matter how you much I edit, see I how can't really. My closets. I know. Oh my god. I know. No, tiny rooms. you should see how small my closet is. Okay, <laughs> let's compete because I have, you know, the IKEA packs, which I uh-huh. fully endorse. I love them. I have like one. That's my closet. It's literally. I should do something like that in our closet because ours it's is great. like that. It's like the, it's like the, the, it's, it's like a typical 1960s closet. That's what we have. The two side-by-side closets. Right. There's so, there's systems you can put in there that are great. And actually like, I mean, if you can get a, you know, a a closet system person to come in, but yeah, it's so helpful. That would be Um, so helpful. Make the most of the space. (laughs) My room does get a little untidy, I will say, but, but it's okay. I don't mind a couple little piles of clothes as long as everything else looks nice and the beds looks nice and everything. But for me, it's the kitchen for sure because we use it constantly and it's like the hub even though it's a galley kitchen it's sort of like something we walk through to get yes. to the basement yep. we we're there all the time that's where we gather so for me it's that and we have sort of like a smaller but connected um living and dining space uh-huh. so honestly for me it's the living and dining because we're always mm-hmm. there that's where we're always communing and then if those things like oh my gosh when the the boxes start piling up the delivery boxes i'm like am i the only one who can see these boxes somebody Put these boxes away. You know, it drives me nuts. Somebody just, I saw someone share something. Oh, one of my friends on Instagram shared someone saying like one of the best things they've taught their kids about helping out around the house and tidying up is like teaching them that the, the first step is noticing. Right. If you Absolutely. notice that that ball, that basketball is downstairs and it belongs in the Papa shot and you're going upstairs yeah. anyway, please just take it with you. Exactly. But you have it's to little notice. things. Yep. Exactly. So I've been using that language with my kids. Like, can you kind of try to just start noticing with me? Because yes. I tend to no- notice everything. I know. Same. That's very smart. Bit? That's a great way to say exactly. It's being observant, right? Yeah. And, and and honestly, like you were talking about, what are ways we can make our homes better? That's the first step too. It's like, again, observe. Notice the pain points. Like, take note of what's going on. I think it's great. And yeah, kids need to learn that a little bit more. It's so funny. The com- I'm sure you get this a lot too. The basketball or whatever that was in the basement, you know. Yeah. It's like they're like, well, I'm just gonna play with it again down there anyway in like two days. I'm like, if we lived our lives like that, right? Everything all the would snacks be would be out. Yeah. All the shoes would be out. Like, yeah. just can't. Oh, oh nothing gets so me ragier. Um, <laughs> speaking of um, wallpaper, though, you mentioned wallpaper earlier. I wallpapered our little half bath downstairs. Is that wallpaper yes. back there? Yeah. Um, we had our 40th birthday party this summer. 
Oh, happy fortieth birthday! Super fun. Yeah, but I, it, you know what that is? You invite a bunch of people into town. It's like a second wedding kind of. You invite a yeah. bunch of people into town. Your all your siblings come, all that, and it, and then you're spending a million dollars on the party, and then you're also like, I also want to fix all these things in the house before yeah. the party because all these people Everyone's are going to use the house. bathroom, and yeah. So I wallpapered that bathroom, and I didn't know how expensive wallpaper was. Honestly. Yeah, especially if you're getting it properly applied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. originally I went with like a spoon flower stick and peel, and then I realized that's not the way to go. They <laughs> sent me – I accidentally ordered the wrong thing. They sent me fabric. I was in the wrong – Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So then I contacted my, my neighbor's wallpaper woman, and she was like, I won't even – do stick they and don't peel. do peel and stick, yeah. No. So she she referred me to a local place, which I got for like literally a fourth of the price of Spoon Flower. Oh, wow. And I think it was like 150 bucks. It's a small bathroom. Yeah. And then and then I think it, she was like 200 or 250 That's to apply. That's pretty good. It's pretty good, right? Because um, Spoon Flower, this tiny little bathroom was going to cost me like 650 just for the paper. Oh, so wow. Very interesting. It was, yeah. Crazy. Do your research, look around for sure. Um, I will say it's so funny about that. So peel and stick can be really fun. Sure. There, there's They make it sound like it's easier, but it's actually much easier to do the the wettable, the, the proper one because you could shift it. So once it's yeah. on the wall, it shifts. And so even if you're a DIYer, it's honestly probably easier to do that than to do the peel and stick. And I've done my fair share, trust me. Um, she had quite the, the setup too. though. I was like, this looks stressful to me. No, I know. Yeah, with like the... The um, pony things, and then they lay it all out because they have to. They wet the whole strip, and then they yeah, yeah. But they've got it down. You know, they know what they're doing. It was worth it to pay her. And it, she it's did a worth great it job. to pay a professional. Uh, the stress. I mean, unless you love DIY, like I say this to a lot of people too. The stress of doing things yourself, unless this is something you love to yes. do, <laughs> and then you're winding. You wound up, you know, being left with something that's not great. You know, yeah. it's worth the money for the time and the stress that you save. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So what are some other like DIY or hire someone, which I would do, that you could do around the house to just like, like spruce it up a little bit. Like I'm looking back behind me even just like Mm. when you want to make a room feel more complete, what are, what do you things you notice people are usually missing in those moments? Mm. A lot of times it can be window treatments, which I am guilty of myself in my home because we're super functional about the window treatments. So we have these, um, you know, bottom up, top down blinds, which are fantastic. Uh, but they can make such an impact because they bring mm. up vertical space. They add texture. They add color. Um, I would say being afraid of paint. Don't be afraid of paint. And don't be afraid of this accent wall or is a trend thing. Think about how you look at a space and all the different angles you'll have. And maybe an accent wall or adding color is, is the key. Um, lighting is huge. Oh. People forget about lighting. And, and levels. We were talking about levels. Like... You have this cute little plant behind you, but it's way on the floor. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was on a pedestal and you brought it up and you had another one sort of down next to it. You'd be filling some vertical space. You'd have levels. But lighting is huge. For me, um, ambiance is really important. And lighting is like yes. really the key to that. So, for example, in the daytime, I'll often use bright lights if it's a little shady or dark because I need that bright light for function. It feels appropriate to have my overhead lights on. Um, at night, I want that low ambient lighting. So making sure you have... Mm-hmm. A, a lamp in the corner and I see you have one there and it's got like a dark shade because it's a reading lamp. Well, maybe if you wanted it to be ambient light for the room, it would have like maybe a frosted glass or like a milk glass shade. You know, um, I like dimmers. I like if you can put dimmers in huge mm-hmm. impact on 
just the way you feel in your home, especially at night, being able to dim those lights and, and have that low light. So I'd say focus on lighting. Try to think about lighting. Think about drapery, things that add vertical space. So not everything okay. is just... And don't, and also please try to consider not shoving all your furniture up against the wall all the time. Like, oh. think about floating furniture and how you can still move through the space. Um, a lot of times we we think that having just a lot of wide open space is, is what a room should be. Uh-huh. But when you think about that, you're like, how are you using that room? Unless you're doing yoga or you're, <laughs> or you're doing dance parties every single moment, like... You want to bring people together with enough comfortable room to move around, but you don't necessarily want just a bunch of open space. So just things like that. Just just switch your perspective a little bit. You know, think vertical, think lighting, um, and, and, and always think about the senses. Like, I'm really big on thinking about all the senses, mm. you know, as much as you can and trying to incorporate those in every space. All right, friends, I want to let you know if you are training for a half marathon or a marathon, I have training plans on my website at lindsayheim.com. The half marathon plans are 14 weeks. There's a beginner beginner. This is a beginner as you can get. There's a beginner intermediate. There's an intermediate and there's advanced. So there's four options. And then we have marathon training plans that are 18 weeks that give you a nice base build. And I have three options there, a beginner, intermediate, and advanced. When you go to the website and click on each training plan, it'll tell you what the mileage starts at, what the long run starts starts at, what the entirety of the week total mileage is at and how it builds you. I'm super conservative with how I build miles. And I've had a lot of people who have had tons of success with this plan. Actually, my friend Bridget here on Instagram just messaged me yesterday and says, oh my gosh, I purchased the half marathon advanced training plan for my June half marathon, but ran another one yesterday and snagged a massive PR. I'm a big believer down from 146 to 139 half marathon. All right. You heard it from Bridget. Go to lindsayhine.com to learn more and grab yourself an awesome training plan. All right. Back to the show. What about kitchens though? Like, is there any advice you have for like, um, sprucing up your kitchen space or like colors that are Mm. in right now or to avoid? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm really big on like not following trends, but I do love the fact that right now in, in kitchens, we have so many options, like, right. Anything goes, it used to be your kitchen always had to be wood, you know, or your whatever. Now it's like, Think about cohesiveness with the rest of the house. Like, what is the mood of the rest of your house? Like you said, you really wanted a light and airy kitchen. That doesn't always mean white. Maybe that means, yeah. you know, like a light gray natural stone with some blue veining in it on the countertops and like, you know, a pale blue base countertop and then a pretty white uppers. Um, there are just so many great materials available to us right now. I think we're very fortunate that way. Uh, as far as make, so, so I think, yeah, think about the rest of your house too. Don't just think the kitchen has to be this way and the rest of the house has to be this way. Think about the overall vibe you want. Obviously functions really important. So again, editing and getting rid of things you don't need. Mm -hmm. Um, I always think it's great when people can sort of live in a kitchen space first or live in their home first. They can kind of see how they're functioning in the kitchen. Um, but yeah, I think trying to, you know, just open up your mind a little bit and, um, and making sure function comes first, but that you can still do that in really fun ways. Like maybe not, it's not for everybody to have open shelving, right? Yeah. But for some of us, it makes perfect sense because it's the stuff that we use every day constantly. So like having it out is actually kind of great because it's constantly being cleaned. It's constantly being put back up and used like glasses, you know, white tableware, whatever it is. 
Um, but some people really don't like that. They don't want to have to keep those shelves clean. They want everything hidden Dust away. all the time. Yeah. So just try to be conscientious, I think, when you're doing things in your kitchen to, to think about that. And bring in the plant life. I love that. Bring in oh, some plant yeah. life. Why plant not, life in know? the kitchen, for sure. Yeah. A little aloe plant. Uh-huh. Bring it in. Um, I screenshotted one of the pictures in your Instagram from Beam and Bloom of a small laundry room. Mm-hmm. Tiny. Because I... <laughs> Talk about, you know, we've talked about like our small houses and like making them cozy how they are. One thing I do get is laundry room envy when people mm-hmm. have these like big, beautiful laundry rooms. Because, you know, with four kids, I'm doing laundry 24-7. Yeah. You are too with three. Yeah. Um, And so our laundry room is this tiny little room that leads to our garage. And I'm like, there's got to be something I oh, can yeah. do to this space. For sure. I mean, again, it's like thinking about it like the powder room almost. It's like, why not make it fun? If yeah. you want, if you need it brighter, great. Think about the lighting again. Does lighting. the lighting have to be fluorescent and stark? No way. Like put in a cute little chandelier. If you don't have the height, put in a cute little flush mount. Um, you can absolutely bring it. I like bringing in some of the organic materials to a laundry room. Like I like I'm the like wood, taking the wood tops. Away. <laughs> <laughs> I like a butcher block, which is not very expensive. Um, and I think it's really durable for a laundry room because you don't have a lot of oils and stuff like uh-huh. that. But you have like water, which is fine. Um, and I think it that's what I saw like warm. on the top. You, yeah, and that one and we did I blue cabinetry. Is that what you mean? The blue I one. I think so. And you had like a butcher block top. You built like yeah. a little stand, so, and that which is nice because yeah. you can put your stuff on top of it instead of on your device. Your right. Oh yeah, on the on the washer and dryer. So they had a front yeah. loading washer and dryer. So oh, we it yeah, I don't have. We a did front a waterfall loader. countertop, um, yeah. but you still can do it over the um, dryer. Over the w- you know, you dryer. could do like a. a uh, because we often use the top of our dryer to fold stuff anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, but create a countertop, absolutely. And then, um, or some shelving above it. Um, I think it's always great to have some kind of countertop area that you can you can fold things on. But yeah, bringing warmth in. I think people think it has to be white and it has to be, you know, we're clean laundry. You want everything white. It's like, no, not necessarily. You can see your clean laundry mm. against darker colors. And, and I like a, a weathered tile floor if you can do it. So it's kind of like, you know, forgiving oh. of maybe a little messes, but, you know, add some character too. So, you know, you don't have to have it all boring. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Ours is in like, it's in that, our downstairs living room is a, um, y'all didn't know you were just going to hear about my house. <laughs> well, now you're getting the, the audio tour. Am I getting a free console right now? Oh my gosh. Maybe, but I don't know how good my advice is when I can't <laughs> see the spaces, but I'll try. <laughs> Our, flo- our downstairs, like I said, it's like a 1960s, like, bi-level mm-hmm. house. It's, um, that downstairs living room is kind of rugged. It's got the, um, concrete floors, and that's mm-hmm. what the laundry room is, too. So. Yeah, the living room. So it's a downstairs living room. It's like a, like a finished kind of basement-y feel. Yeah, it's all concrete. open, though. Like, yeah. the main living space is open to the bottom one. Like, when we have people over, you hang upstairs. But, like, I'll go downstairs and read in the mornings down there. And on the cement floor? Yeah, but I it's I have like couches and stuff down that's there. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's great. But yeah, you can absolutely do that. You can create warmth. Depends on yeah. how cool like the 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 cement is. You know, if it's like a cool look. Um, we did in our basement. We had a slab, and we did um, LVT. We tried to use sustainable material for that, which is like uh-huh. it's like a luxury vinyl planking or whatever. Okay. Okay. Um, and then like a cork underlay to like warm it up a little, and that was nice. I mean, it was the the best we could sort of do with that space and it looks really yeah. nice and it looks I mean like I floors. do I do think that would like make it look more complete but there is something about the concrete that I'm like 
Yeah. I think it's kind of cool. I no, know. exactly. It's, that's what I was saying. It depends on, like, sort of what the vibe is. Ours was yeah. not cool. It was, like, definitely a slab. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. it can be really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. What's next for you? Oh, gosh. I'm building my business back up stronger. Trying more time to now. In. Again, like we said, to, like, not being afraid of success that way. Yeah. Like, not being afraid to take these risks and that my family's okay and that I've got them in a good spot um, and I'm not neglecting them by by pursuing that. Um, still hoping to do more of the hosting and the TV stuff because I love it. I love sharing. I like to speak on panels. I'm doing a lot of that. Um, I just like to share. I like to share the perspective. So this kind of stuff, like what you're doing. I also do a live series um, that I'm going to bring back in January where I talk to a lot of creatives and it's really casual conversations, not even as refined as this beautiful podcast. It's like a 30 minute live conversation where you get to know the people a little bit. Um, Are they des- so I love doing designers? That. Yeah, it's a lot of designers, but it's also other creatives. So it tends oh, cool. to be creatives. I'm not saying I would never have someone who's not a creative on it. Yeah. Um, a creative or an innovator or like somebody who's into, you know, but it generally always comes back. It's the heart home harmony series. So those are oh, kind of my okay. tenets of like what I'm into in life. Um, and so we try to try to focus on those subjects. So I love to do that. Um, but yeah, just bringing design um, to more people. That's really the goal is to, to make a lot of people have beautiful homes and to grow my my personal business and get more help and and trust other people with more of the work and, and trying to grow that way. Mm, heart Home Harmony. How did you come up with that? Oh, gosh, it was I was a musical theater person. Right. So music was always really important to me. I was trying to in a short way right express all the things that I try to stand for and like all the Mm. things that I try to bring to something and of course I tend to like wordplay so I was like if I can get them all in the same you know alliteration that's great um obviously everything starts with heart I really think that that's one of my strengths is I come from a place of deeply caring and that's not something I ever want to lose um home obviously right that's that's the business. That's what mm-hmm. I'm doing. And then the harmony thing, I was just like, how, what a perfect word. Because mm. not only does it speak to the music, and I love music, and I've been always Me a creative too. musical person. Yay! Um, not only does it speak to that, and it's very clearly music-related, but what does that mean, right? Harmony means so many things, and we use it in our communities and in, you know, in our language to express things being symbiotic, things mm. going well together, things feeling right and um being you know when something's harmonious it's positive it it's it's inspiring right it, it so all those things um they just seem to perfectly fit sort of everything i'm into and i was like this this is it this sort of explains everything i'm i'm doing with with the business and and hopefully in life Ah, oh, I love that you're you have like a tattoo you could get on i right i know i need a tattoo I, why are there balloons behind I you? don't you know, that? but that was really exciting. Did you balloons see that? just, they're still coming. <laughs> what are we celebrating? What is happening? Maybe I thought they were real for a second. I was like, is this something she does? She just releases balloons at the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I always want to tattoo awesome. that. Maybe it was like the computer god saying, like, you should get a tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any tattoos yet? No. Me neither. I was like, like, I'm way too commitment phobic. Yeah, same. I'm like too scared. Same. But part of me is like, now at my age, I should just do it. Yeah, for sure. Like, what's there to lose? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, cool. Well, what's the best, most recent book you've read? 
Okay, this is embarrassing because I'm not a great at reading books. Okay. I Actually, I'm an excellent reader. I read very well. But okay. I don't read enough books. But I'm reading a book called Intuitive Eating. Oh, okay. Have you heard of it? I think It's very so. interesting. Um, it's Evelyn Tribbley and Elise Resch. Okay. Um, anyway, it's a beautiful book. It's actually a lot about intuition, about listening to your body and understanding your body and sort of getting away from diet culture. Yes. Um, but still understanding nutrition. And it's very interesting to, uh, with all the studies and things, they broke down really how we are so affected by diet culture. And I think it's just a metaphor for life in general, just trying to find your more authentic um, voice and mm. and get in harmony again with who you are and, and how you're living in the world. So I harmony. think it's actually a really great book. Love that. Um, I'm struggling with that because I'm like, I, I just have a little bit of like lower belly that I'd like to get rid of. And it's just like, I'm, yes. I'm accepting of who I am and what I look like. That's fine. I accept all that. But I'm, but as an athlete, I'm sure things. Listen, you are, you are. It's, it's, it, the book is so interesting though, because it really does talk about your body will naturally sort of be Find. what it's meant to be when you're doing yeah. things well and healthily. And as an athlete, you can still be an athlete yeah. and do all those things and you can tone and, and all those things you want to do. But that ultimately, it's about respecting. Yeah what you are meant to be and not what everyone else thinks you should be. Right. Mm, I love that. Um, okay. What is your last message to leave with our audience today? Oh gosh. Just keep coming together like this. I love this. I just yeah. keep seeking that harmony, you know, like listen to each other, um, give each other grace and do all these things for yourself. I yeah. just think, um, the world needs more understanding that we are a global community where there are so many different ways to have a great life and to be a great person. And we don't need to have all the answers and we don't need to give someone all the answers, but just keep listening and, and learning. And that's what I think is great about podcasts like this. Noel, thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. Very fun. All right, friends, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Noelle, for coming on the podcast. Go to sandyboyproductions.com, friends, if you want to learn more about everything we're doing here at this podcast network. I also host a podcast for runners. It's called All Have Another. Check that out. If you want to connect with Noelle, she is super fun as well on Instagram. She is Noelle Gatz, G-A-T-T-S, over there, and her business is Beam and Bloom. I'm Lindsay Hines 626 You can connect with me on Instagram as well. If you have any feedback for the podcast or want to connect, email me at lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com. Thanks so much for being here and we'll see you next week on Why Is Everyone Yelling?